every new person that comes with me on the trail, they'll be um, like, I never knew that places like this exist and you can get to it by public transportation. Welcome to the Guides Gone Wild podcast. What is Guides Gone Wild, you ask? This is where you'll fill your ears and minds with the stories of everyday, extraordinary women who will inspire you to take your outdoor adventure game to the next level. Whether you're starting your journey from the couch or the trailhead, this is the place for you. So let's get a little wild. Welcome back to Guides Gone Wild. This is your host, Jen. And today I'm delighted to be introducing you to Ava Baptiste, the founder of Tri-State Hikers. Ava grew up in the Caribbean island nation of St. Vincent in the Grenadines, where being outdoors year-round was the status quo. But in adulthood, as a single mom relatively new to New York City, her busy urban existence started sucking her into a darkness that she was finding it harder and harder to shake. When she walked over to a local park one day to try to clear her head and get some fresh air with her young son, Ava realized that that tiny dose of nature therapy had started to let a little light into her again, and she wanted more. And connecting those dots between her mental health and her time spent in Prospect Park was just the beginning. I don't want to spoil too much of the story because listening to Ava is like getting a warm hug, and I know you'll want to hear it all from her. Suffice to say, this is a woman who has built something powerful and important from nothing at all while working six days a week and raising her son. Ava's still trying to get her official New York guide license, but let me tell you, she can light a fire under entire communities, anyone, anytime, no matches required. So let's talk trails with this force of nature, Ava Baptiste of Tri-State Hikers. So, oh my goodness. So mm-hmm. do you go by Ava or Avalu? Ava, How do you, what do you prefer? Um, most of my friends call me Ava. Okay. Um, and if we went to high school or grew up together, people call me Beatty. Beatty. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's my grandmother's name. She Aww. gave to me because I looked like an Indian when I was born. And that's <laughs> the word for my daughter in their language, I guess. Oh, interesting. Yeah. All right. So well, you. Yeah. Beatty. All right. Well, I'm not going to call you Beatty because I didn't go to high school with you. I don't feel like that's my part, but still, Ava, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm joined today with, by Ava Baptiste of Tri-State Hikers, who I have just been, um, as I do stalking for like a year, over a year now, since I think last December, when I heard her on Melissa Goodwin's Girl Got a Hike podcast and have just been, and, and just, you know, kind of took it that extra mile and was following her personally as well. And I'm just so impressed by the fact that she gets her teen son out to hike with her and her mom goes hiking with her and she gets activates all kinds of folks to get out and hike around New York City. Most of it, like not involving transportation and things like that, which I think is amazing. Like, you know, you just create all these opportunities for people, you know, around the 9 million other things you do in your life. And I just have huge respect for that. So I really (laughs) thank you. But my very first question, because I went for a walk this morning and it's like Mm -hmm. 25 degrees and blowing hundred miles an hour. And I'm sure it's not quite as cold in New York city, but I've seen pictures of St. Vincent. What the heck were you thinking moving to New York? (laughs) Um, it was, I like traveling and I like doing different things, seeing different places and being cold for six, being cold for six months of the year. (laughs) Yeah. I have family here. So it's just, it's just happened when I had my son. Oh my goodness. 
And you used to work, you said, um, I think I heard you say somewhere you used to work for a cruise line. Yeah. I worked for a Norwegian cruise line for about seven years. Oh my goodness. So I traveled all over the world and New York was one of my favorite ports. So, um, I came back. Yeah. And how long have you been in the States? Uh, 11 years. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to get into this hiking thing because I want mm-hmm. to first talk to you about your childhood and growing up in the Caribbean. And you are from this beautiful place that has all kinds yeah. of nature and mountains and beautifulness and had a tough time this past year with the volcano. We'll get into that a little bit, but I wanted to just yeah. understand maybe a little bit, you know, did you do any, you know, what did your outdoor life look like? Um, when you were young and what kind of sparked enough of a love of the outdoors to make you come to New York and eventually start doing it here? Well, growing up as a kid, we we did everything outside, literally. My family owned um, farmlands and that was, that's what my family did for a living. Still, some of them still do my mom, including. So we spent 90% of our time outdoors and as soon as you're able to walk you'll be in the farmland and as soon as you're able to understand what a breadfruit is or a mango is you'll be able to plant one so my most of my childhood I spent outdoors on farms uh, having my own animals to rear my own plot of land to plant and I was always trying to do things differently (laughs) Where once my mom said to me, oh, you can plant peanuts there. And I'm like, yes, I can, because it's flat and it's easy to get to. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And she's like, no, it doesn't work that way. There's a special time you plant and there's a special time and a special place where you do things. And I learned my lesson that she was right. And there is a special way they do things. <laughs> that was the one time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We will admit that your mom was right that time. Maybe that is not the place. Right. Right. Maybe she had yeah. tried that before. Yes. And, and I'll never forget that because I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, I got nothing after all that hard work. And she was like, I told you, that's not why you plant peanuts. That's not how you <laughs> plant Would she ever let you forget it if you were inclined to forget it? Or, you know, is she one of those no. moms? <laughs> yeah. Is that you remember when you plant peanuts? Yeah. So most of my childhood, I spent outdoor every, literally every day we, we were outdoors. But let me, let me dig into that a little bit more, because I think for some children that doing it um, in that way where, okay, you're outdoors because it's kind of the expectation. It's the way the family makes a living. It's what you have to do to, you know, survive. That might be a little dramatic, but you know what I mean? In some cases, I would think that would have you grow older and say, I'm going to go and do the exact opposite. I don't, I want to sit in an air conditioned room and have people wait on me. And I never want to go outside again, but that obviously is not the way you felt about it. What do you think? Was there a certain experience or a certain feeling that you got? Like, why do you think you're, you embraced it rather than pushed it away when you could? I embraced it because when I moved to New York, I, I couldn't get used to a square box because New York is like you're living in a square box and everywhere you turn, there are buildings. And uh, if, you, if, I, if you grew up the way I did, being always outside in the mountains, I mean, almost my whole life, I, I spent like every day we, we will go to the farm. 
And I came here and it was like a shell shock, like where, you know, what do you do? What do people do on their spare time? You know, a lot of people party, I don't. So, and I had my son and I wanted to give him that experience. And I, 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 I start finding the regular parks that was around and it, it just took me back home. Like going to the parks reminds me of being back home. It's like taking a walk from where we lived and going to the farmland. There wasn't any, anything farming, but at least we were, I was outdoor and I felt comfortable. I felt at home, you know? Yeah. Which so is, in, which is interesting. Cause I would think it's, it is very different. I mean, even though you, there are some beautiful parks in New York and certainly, um, mm-hmm. I think you live pretty close to one of the nice one, one of the nicest, yeah. nicer of them, but <laughs> it's still different than, you know, m- more open and just free green space. Plus yes. it's like never light out here compared to down there. I would imagine, <laughs> I would imagine you get a lot more sunlight, a lot yeah. longer in the day. Yeah. Um, I just am fascinated by this. So you really did feel like it was, uh, it's a, it was a reminder of home yeah. somewhere that I knew and somewhere that I felt safe and comfortable because I had a really great childhood being outdoors, learning about stuff in the outdoor. My uncle was one of the persons that I look up to a lot. He's still farming. And every now and then I call, I speak to him, you know, we'll talk about stuff we can do in the outdoors. So it really helped um, emotionally for me being able to get out um, here, you know. Yeah. Uh, you, no, 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 yeah. that that I totally get it because I've definitely kind of come around to that space myself. Um, what were you initially doing most of the outdoor excursions and, you know, kind of looking for nature even nearby, just primarily with your son? Or were you trying to, did you have a community that kind of started forming around you because of this activity? I'm thinking this is pre tri-state hikers, obviously you've built a community, but yeah. So before I started tri-state hikers, I will take my son to the park and then I have friends who will, well, I will post on Facebook that I'm at Prospect Park and, uh, you know, people that I know would be like, hey, what are you doing there? And then after about a year or so, I, I had a group called Let's Walk Prospect Park because people were interested in walking. So every Saturday, every Saturday, I would go to Prospect Park, like religiously, and then I start inviting friends. They would invite their friends. And then we start walking Prospect Park. And from walking Prospect Park, from me posting on Instagram, hashtag Prospect Park, I found like Melissa, I found Cultured Forest. And I start following them and I seen that they're going, there's other places beside Prospect Park. I'm like, wow, you know, I need to get first <laughs> Prospect Park. Imagine you know? that, that there's more green space yes. outside of Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and then that same small group, we I, I started asking, are you guys interested in going further other places? And they were like, hey, yeah, if we, we could, you know, and transportation became an issue where I started researching now, how do we get beyond Prospect Park? So that's where it all started from, Prospect Park. That's amazing. And so let's, I guess, because we've started talking about it, let's talk about how that became Tri-State Hikers because Tri-State Hikers has been around for what, five, six years now at this point? Longer? Uh, 
yeah um next year will be six years so about five years yeah that's amazing and so you started kind of a little casual group over Mm -hmm. facebook around around prospect park and then started connecting with people who were maybe going other places what kind of talk me through the transition from that into wow this is like a group that's kind of coalescing and has is attracting people from outside of just my neighborhood and huh I should do something about this yeah so I started going um the next part that I went to was in the Bronx in Cortland Park I went on my own and then I went to Bay Mountain on my own I jumped on the train and so I kind of figured a way to get to the places on my own first so that when I come back I say you know people feel more comfortable and um, I invited a couple of friends. There was like four of us and we did breakneck and we took all these really awesome photos. And then I posted some of them and my friends were like, hey, where is that place? Like, how did you guys get there? And I was like, we got on the train and, and we walked to the trailhead and then we hiked up the mountain. And from, I think it's from the photos, most of the people that follow me are from the Caribbean. So for them, it's like, hey, that's like back home, like. It's something that they're used to and, and you don't get that opportunity in New York because you work so much. And I started hiking with about eight people. We'll meet up one guy from New Jersey and um, we start going further and we start figuring out how to rent a van. Like it took me a while to get that down pat, finding a driver and then we just like split the cost of the van and we go different places and They'll post photos and they'll come back. Hey, my friend want to come with us this week. So that's how it, it really started kicking off. Like I went out and I, and I found out how to get to the places. And then I came back and I said, hey, let's go here. And then another week I said, hey, let's go here. This is a cool spot. And that's how it all started. And then I, I had a couple of St. Lucians who... Um, really loved it and they invited a friend so I have like a whole posse that's what you call it of St. Lucian's <laughs> <laughs> and I have some Jamaican friends and they invited and everyone that comes like I have people from Grenada, St. Lucia, Dominica, Jamaica and they always say the same thing like this reminds me of back home like these open spaces all this greenery around you know so it, yeah and it, it, a couple of years to convince them to do winter hiking because it wasn't green anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I would imagine, I, I, I still just can't imagine moving here, you know, as an adult from the Caribbean and then the first winter that you're in New York city and just being like, Oh my God, no, I cannot even leave the house. I I, is a different, um, I'm sure the first time it snows, it's fun, but then, you know, the 15th time it snows and when everything's dirty and gray and then the wind blows, you're just like, okay, I'm, this is not fun anymore. Yeah. My son loves it. So um, I just got used to it. Yeah. And I fell in love with it too. I well, love winter. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the winter, but I also want to, I don't, I don't want to gloss over the fact that, um, you know, you really did do something that's in some ways fairly simple, but also very like can be a huge, 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 like 
mental roadblock around getting out when you live in the city is like, oh, well, of course I can't go there because I don't have an easy way to get there. And you're just like thinking out of the box and being like, well, actually you can take the train to here and you're going to hike anyway. So like, if you have to walk a mile and a half, like you're there, you know, and then I'm sure it adds another level of complexity, especially when you're traveling with a group to, you know, you have to work around the schedules and things like that. But do you find that most people, once they do it once are like, oh my God, I can't believe I haven't been doing this the whole time. Yes. Um, that's the response I get every week for every new person that comes with me on the trail. They'll be um, like, I never knew that places like this exist and you can get to it by public transportation. Because I do a lot of public transit hikes where we get on the train with the Metro North and get upstate. And um, also because of um, the cost also. You know, sometimes it costs a lot to get a van to go to certain places. So we'll use the train to get as far as we can. And then we'll Uber or carpool from the next stop. And it's like an adventure. A lot of people come out to, to get away from the things that they're used to, like being at home on a Sunday, they'll probably be in front of the TV, watching TV or doing something in the house. And this is something exciting, something different. You know, I don't give a lot of details about where we're going because I want people to, to be shocked or ex- get excited, uh, be amazed by the experience that they have. So they'll want to come back. And that's what's been happening a lot. Yeah, I bet. Well, and I think then that probably speaks to why it's so important that you have kind of these different little sub communities that refer people in. Cause I have yes. to believe like when you're ju- even just, if you're a fairly confident person, like showing up as the new person at an event when you don't know anybody yeah. and don't, you know, and then on top of that, be like, and she's not really telling me where we're going. Hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm guessing that since most of them are coming because they already know somebody who went on an experience, yes. they're willing to go on the ride with you. Yes, they get comfortable because um, they came with someone. I do have people who just show up, but beforehand I try to let them know, hey, if you need to know anything about the trail or any information, let me know. I try to have a chit chat before with new hikers to um, get a feel of what they're used to and what they can do and what they can't do and explain like, well, how long is going to be? Because everyone is always like, what time are we going to get back home? And I'll be like, we get back home before the sun go down if it's um, summer, but if it's winter, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. How slow are you? <laughs> or how fast are you? <laughs> yeah. And it has been good for the past couple of years. Um, it's, been, it's been really a great experience um, for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit, because I know that for you, um, from what I heard before, when you were talking with Melissa, you know, I know that there is a pretty big tie between kind of mental health and mental wellness and your experiences outside. Tell me just, I don't know. I don't really have any specific question around that, but tell me a little bit more about it because you definitely respect the link up between those two things. And, and I, um, thought you were very eloquent about it. Well, my, my dad suffered with mental health and he, he's passed on, but uh, growing up as a child, I didn't understand what mental health was. In my community, everyone says, okay, that person is crazy. That's the name that's referred to someone who's suffering with mental health, that they're crazy. So you grow up with this thing in your head where, oh, it's crazy people, you know? And you kind of have that barrier where you don't want to get involved. And I think that's one of the mistakes we make because 
those people who are suffering with this issue, they need to have some type of support system. Even though, you know, you might not like the way they're responding. I've learned over the years as an adult and having my son and working six days a week, and then I have one day off and that day off revolved around him. And there was no space for me to do anything for myself. And I find myself, you know, like, what do I do for myself? Like, how do I deal with my issues when I, I have to deal with my work for six days and then my son for that day that I had off? And I kind of get to that point where I realized, you know, maybe my dad was going through something that his family didn't understand where he'd never had time to get away from the things that was around him, like a different environment um, to be able to, to deal with the issue that he had. It took me many years to really understand mental health. And I made it a life for me. My, I made my life in a way where I, I researched mental health. I, I read everything that I could personally on it because I was trying to understand, like, how does a normal person just changes? You know, sometimes from experiences that they have, yes. But someone like my dad who had his own business, had kids, um, had a wife, you were looking from the outside, you will think that's perfect. You know, having a wife and a, and a home and a job, your life should be perfect. Like what else do you want? But sometimes we don't know that people are dealing with other issues in their life that they can't talk about with the people around them and they become frustrated. And then, you know, it just takes a, a life of its own from there. Yeah. So for me, having my son and having a job working six days a week and having to deal with him, I, I there are points where I get frustrated, like, because I'm a single mom and I'm like, don't have a babysitter. Like <laughs> Melissa would say, like, I would get on her hikes and I'd be, oh my God, I have to bring my son. And she'd be like, oh, it's okay. And, you know, one time I said to my son, you know what, it's the women's hike. Um, I don't think kids are allowed. And he turned to me and he said, mom, these women have kids. They probably have someone watching their kids. <laughs> you don't. So as, as a mom, you should take me. They would understand. And, you know, it, it kind of like, he was like about eight years old. And yeah. I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. So I, I asked Melissa, I'm like, hey, I'm bringing my son. And she was like, yes, it's cool. And, but before then, I was taking him out to the parks hiking so he loves it also so I know he's not going to be fussy he's not going to be an issue he'll, he'll walk so you know and, and I can imagine I, he probably got a little bit of attention just saying yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then I explained to him and like you know Jay this is my time you know hiking for me I explained to him mental health awareness and mental health I told him about my dad and and I said to him, you know, sometimes the hike is mommy just want to go alone because mommy has issues that, you know, can only be dealt with by walking on the trail and thinking about it. Like, that's the way I explained it to him. So he understands at to some point what mental health is and and how I need that space to just be able to just get out, you know. But yeah, yeah. 
And you're bringing yeah. it to other people too. I mean, I think yeah. that's really an important role. Now, do you, do you recall seeing any change, any, well, it sounds like, you know, your dad had stuff that he just, you know, got a little bit overwhelming. Did you ever see any difference? Did he, did he have a little side of him that would kind of relax a little bit when he was outdoors or was that just not? I didn't grow up with him. I yeah. didn't grow up in the same household with him. Oh, I see. I- okay. I was just the child that visited and um, I I used to do weird stuff. Like I would sit and stare at him, like literally sit and stare at him because I, I never saw um, him overreacting or acting out, but I heard all the stories, you know, going to school. I was ashamed because people would say, oh, your father's crazy. You know, I would feel bad about him. So when I go there, I feel like he needs to explain it. But all I do is I stare at him like intensely and it made him uncomfortable. <laughs> so I never had an opportunity to ask yeah. those questions. You know, yeah. why when I got older, I remember him calling me one day and saying, are you ever going to come visit me? And I said, when I'm ready, I would. And he said, well, you know where I live. And I, I just couldn't face him in because for me, I, I couldn't understand um, the way his behavior. I, I just couldn't because it wasn't explained to me like, you know, he's going through something or something yeah. happened. Yeah. It, it was just like I was totally confused my whole adulthood trying yeah. to figure out what is wrong with my father, you know, and I felt like I never really knew him because I never really had any type of conversation surrounding mental health because in my community or in the Caribbean it's not something people talk about Mm -hmm. it's something that people suppress because it's like of a shame and there's a stigma that's attached to it where if your father is crazy you just might be crazy and when I started getting more outdoors you know I remember my mom joking one time when I said oh we were going in the mountains or you behave crazy just like your father in not in a bad way, you know, but <laughs> yeah. I just do things differently than everyone else. But now that she's here and we're hiking more, we have these conversations about, you know, because my mom is very closed up. She doesn't talk a lot. And I, I start trying to have the conversations with her and sharing my experiences of stuff that that I've dealt with and I felt like you know I was losing my mind and how getting outside has helped me to deal with a lot of the stuff that I've you know gone through over the years like being able to just get away from the house and just being able to think freely and when I hike alone I talk to myself a lot because sometimes I feel like when you hate yourself you convince yourself more I don't know if that you but I do that when I hike alone. That's awesome. I, I myself like as in like, you know, I should be doing this. I, you know, I should be confident about my decisions. I, I do it repetitively. It's like convincing myself, like, yes, this is what you need to do. Um, it just works for me that way. Yeah. No, it sounds, it sounds awesome. I mean, cause I know that you like to, you are a bit of a meditator too. And I think yes. like, this is, it's kind of like a mantra and just, you know, yeah. kind of reinforcing what you want your reality to look like. And certainly yeah. your mom 
you know, she keeps coming with you. So even if she's not saying anything, she's, she's not getting turned off by your conversation and your, you know, desire to dig in a little deeper. So I think that's amazing. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I can totally, in, in some ways I can relate because as much as people in the United States talk about a lot of these things a lot more freely now, and it is much less stigmatized than it was, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm a fair amount older than a lot of the people I talked to on this podcast. And when I was growing up, it was the same way. I mean, we, you didn't, you know, it was something that you averted your eyes and you didn't want to get into. And it was like, you know, kind of the scuttlebutt in town. If, if somebody had things that now, when you look back at it, it's like, okay, well, there was, they were chronically depressed or they, you know, maybe had schizophrenia or they, you know, perhaps needed to go through a little stint of, getting medicated and to kind of get themselves back on track and all those things, or just talk to somebody, you know, it was, it was even something you didn't talk about the fact that if somebody in your family is going with therapists, which now it's like, yeah, everybody's like, Oh, they're (laughs) trading therapists and bragging about their therapist. It's like a whole different world. (laughs) Yeah. I felt like the, the whole tri-state family feels like I'm their therapist which is like crazy. <laughs> they show up and unload on you like, for eight straight hours. <laughs> yes. Like I have this thing where I say to them, like, you guys are vomiting all over me. Like, what should I do with all this information? But, you know, I feel that at the end, I feel my heart is full because people feel confident enough to open up. And sometimes when, when someone comes for a hike, they, they just want to get something off their chest or they just want to be free to talk. I think it's so much easier to talk to a stranger than people that you know, because for me personally, I think when you're talking to a stranger, that person's not judging you from any, any place of like any experiences they had for you. It's just a listening ear. And sometimes that's what people need, just a listening ear, Yeah, you know, and someone who would be like, you know, offer a different opinion on what, what you're talking about. Yeah. So my group is basically like one of those. (laughs) No, I think that's great. And, and you do in, you know, you take people to places and at times that like, I know you do sunset sunrise hikes and things like that, which I think in some ways, you know, almost kind of help bring that stuff up. It's just like, you take people to kind of a, through a spiritual experience that they're going to want to share that with you. And, you know, and especially yeah. with other people that they're not going to run into like at the PTO meeting because mm-hmm. they're true, true, you know, true. Oh, so much. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. It, um, it, it gives you that comforting feeling of knowing, you know, someone's willing to listen and, you know, offer advice or someone's just there willing to listen. Yeah. So. And then you go and take them out winter hiking. <laughs> yes, tell me, tell me how that's gone. <laughs> it, it took a while. I had to like show gears and explain about how you dress. And cause I had one of my high school friends who told me I'm never hiking in the winter. And now she's a winter hiker, which was like, you know, I, I'm very proud of that, that I can see, <laughs> I get her to hike, you know, in the winter, but, um, the difference in the temperature, I think what most of the people in the Caribbean don't, doesn't understand is layering. Cause you're not used to it. Like how to layer the clothing to make yourself warmer. I always start off very cold because I know my body heats up very fast. So I always explain that if you know, you know, you have to kind of understand your body. If you know your body heats up fast, 
kind of start off a little bit cold. So by the time your body heats up, you know, you you keep that temperature. Yeah. So it took me a while to kind of like explain all of that stuff, but now they love it. Yeah. They love it. <laughs> well, and I think too, even at the the back end part of it too, especially when you're not just hopping right back into a van to get out of there. I, th- yeah. I that's the part I have problems with a lot of times is like <laughs> kind of overheating, getting a little too sweaty. And then you're just sitting yeah. there in your clammy clothes and your rainos is like, your hands are falling off. It's like, oh, not that much. Yeah. So we were, I was trying to do the 18th um, since last year. So I have a group now that we're going, and one of the things we keep talking about now is clothing. Like last Sunday, when we started, I had everyone stopped in 50 minutes and I'm like, are you hot? Or you cold? If you're hot, you need to unzip. You know, I I try to mentally remember to do this. Like every half an hour or every fifteen minutes, I'll stop and I'll check. You know, are you cold? Are you hot? Because of where we 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 are, like yeah. they're not used to that temperature. And hiking in the snow, I had one hiker last week. It was her very first time hiking in the snow. And she's like, it's not that bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, because I kept telling them unzip, yeah. switch out the jackets because it's yeah. a bit warmer. So understanding, getting them to understand the layering is what has helped me to get more people to get out. Yeah. Well, and I think that's even a great practice for people, you know, just anybody. I mean, even people who grow up in this temperature, especially when mm-hmm. hiking out in the winter is like a newer activity. You know, I, I can see very easily how you're so kind of, you get so mentally consumed with some of the other aspects, whether it's your footing or, you know, mm-hmm. other pieces of it where you're not like, you don't plug into how yeah. your body feels. So I think that yeah. that's a really amazing recommendation for people like, you know, to just yeah. every 10 minutes stop and like feel mm-hmm. how you feel like, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't just, yes. don't yeah. just blow it off because it's one of those yeah. things where by the time and, you, act- and, and I, because it was my mom's first winter hike too, I did it like overly excessively <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I didn't want her to, to get, you know, get too cold. You didn't want to be hearing about so it for I the next asking, 20 years of your yeah. life. <laughs> But we did an eight mile and she had a great time. She was like, this is, I love it. <laughs> and you had beautiful, wasn't it like gently falling snow? And it looked yeah, amazingly it picturesque. Yeah, that's yeah, so cool. Beautiful. It was beautiful. It was snowing. When we got there, it was snowing. It, it was a really great experience for everyone. Yeah. Including myself. It was so I, I on, along those lines of the gear though, like, so how, um, do you have any kind of way that you deal with, do you have a, um, access to a gear closet or anything for like, like I'm thinking, um, you know, kind of a breathable waterproof outer layer, you know, crampons or, or spikes or things that you might need in the winter that you wouldn't necessarily own if you live in New York city, even if you hike like on the weekends, is mm-hmm. that something that you have like some that people can borrow I- or how do you handle that? Well, I had planned to buy a couple of spikes, but um, most of the winter hikers since last year, they, they bought their spikes. Like I, I have some really great hikers who, if I recommend something, they go out and buy it. That's Even awesome. if it took them like a couple months. So, um, but that's been a huge issue, winter gear. Even not just for the adults, but for the kids, which we want to take them out to enjoy the winter hikes. But getting parents to invest in the winter gear is difficult. So I requested from Gear Forward. I hope they hear this podcast, yeah. but I'm still waiting for a response. <laughs> and um, 
because I, I'm not going to take them far. I'm just going to take them to Harriman just for them to see the difference. Mm-hmm. The thing of taking the kids is to give them, to let them see outside, like the mountains in the different seasons. Because living in, in, in the apartments and living around Brooklyn, you don't really get to see what it looks like beyond the city. Most of the kids don't have that experience. Like, and, and they go crazy. They, they love it. Yeah, when they get out there, they have a blast, you know, and the parents are always telling me, oh, they love it. When are you going to do it again? But I know having the right gears for the winter is an issue and that we're working to see how we can help with getting some of the kids, like some crampons or some spikes. And, and who, some who are you saying that you were trying to contact? Uh, gear forward. Gear forward. Okay. I'm writing that down. I'm going to start sending them an email every goddamn day. Yeah. Give her her stuff. (laughs) Yeah. So we, we requesting some jackets. Um, We're trying to get some spikes, some winter boots for some of the kids. I know the parents really want to get the kids out, but financially they, they can't afford the winter gears are expensive. Yeah. You know, having that for my kid, I know what they cost if you want them to last for a long time. So yeah. That's really a hurdle for us um, when getting the kids out, even the adults. Um, sometimes we do a borrow. If one hiker who's a regular have a spike and doesn't isn't going to hike and someone else wants to use their spikes, they will lend them their spikes. And if someone needed a backpack or a jacket or we, we do um, lend our stuff yeah. to each other. That's awesome. Yeah. And and that's exactly the reason why, you know, if you are a beginner and you want to get into something like this, what where the there's so much value in tagging along yeah. with a group a couple at, le- at least a couple of times because even if you don't necessarily need to borrow something, you'll get a lot of good insight. You know, you can ask people like, "Oh, hey, I like that coat. Where'd you yeah. get that?" you know, and talk to people cuz you know, I, I certainly, I mean, I'm not super, I was never super outdoorsy and used to think you had to go to the store for stuff. And now like my eyes have been so mm-hmm. opened to all the amazing, you know, consignment places and Facebook groups. And, you know, yeah. there's just so many opportunities to get stuff for, you know, shorter money than, than having to go out and buy it even offline. So, um, yeah, yeah for sure. Now I know you need to get somewhere, so I want to close this no, out, I'm but good. I, we were just talking about gear. So now I'm going to ask you my question that I like to ask everybody when I remember it, which is what is your favorite piece of gear that costs you less than $50? My favorite. I knew this question was coming, but, um, um, or most useful. It doesn't have to be your favorite, but you know, almost useful piece of gear that's less than $50. Well, for my, my winter gear is my black, you know what? My black diamond headlamp. Oh yeah. My favorite piece of gear. Yeah. And never gets out of my backpack. Yep. No, Cause that's I a, love. It. Yeah, no, that's a good one. And it's like super, super useful and important. Yeah. And, you know, especially yeah. for you as somebody who's taking strangers out somewhere and yeah. Not necessarily, you know, especially this time of year, like, okay, well, I think we're going to make the train, but maybe yeah. we'll be standing in the dark for a while. It's always good to have a headlamp. So I yes. think that's, yeah. That's an- so I always carry my headlamps and I'm, I'm always doing sunrise hikes. So I always have to use my headlamps and they've been really good for the past two years. I've had them for, yeah. they were actually a donation given to me by New York backpack, hiking and backpacking group. 
nice. um, I, I use, yeah, I was part of their group on Facebook and I was always sharing my photos and they offered me a t-shirt. It came with a headlamp. So nice. when I checked the cost of it, it was like 20 plus. So All it's right. on the, it was under, even if you had to pay for it, it was under, but you didn't, which is even better. I love that. Yes. But That's it's awesome. My yes. Now I wanted to, before I, before we take off, I did want to just touch on the fact that, you know, St. Vincent had a pretty terrible volcanic eruption back in the spring that, you know, yeah. unfortunately, because Americans are so freaking self-centered was in the news cycle for like <laughs> a minute and a half at, at most, even though it was yeah. like a very devastating thing. How are things going down there? And are there ways that we could still support kind of the rebuilding and things like that? Uh, what give us a kind of a status update as somebody who I'm sure keeps in touch with folks and family down there. Um, so where I'm from, it's a, on the northern side of the island, which is close to the volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, most people are back home mm-hmm. and rebuilding. Um, like we are rebuilding our house. That's why my brother was calling me. <laughs> um, we're, yeah, we've gotten to, we, we've done a good job so far where it's livable. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people are in the rebuilding phase at the moment. I know of only, I think there's only one person that's taking donation that I know of okay. at the moment. There's a seed program going on. But um, besides that, in my community, in my area that I know, it's just local people supporting each other, um, donating food, water to the, the people. Like we could be say above the dry river, which is above the river that the volcanoes flows through. Mm-hmm. So, but internationally, I don't know of any group at the moment that's mm-hmm. doing any kind of fundraiser. A lot has been done um, to support the persons in the area in terms of providing food. Water was an issue, which um, the water is back up and running. So I think we're, most people are just rebuilding right now yeah. and trying to get back to, you know, normal, yeah. their normal life. Start, uh, start visiting, and tour, touring like, down there, tourist money, as soon as yeah. they, uh, this stupid COVID thing goes away. Yeah. My mom still misses her eight goats. <laughs> oh, oh, so has it's she like been up? Dumb. She's, did she come up here basically as a result of that to stay with you for yeah. a while? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, oh, because um, our house was damaged. Uh, yeah. um, one side of the roof came off uh, because of all the ash that was on the top of the roof. Yeah. So it wasn't livable. But now my brother's back because we're um, we've completed some of it. So and he's taking care of the goats. Oh, I don't think she, they ever found them. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, so, so when the sad. first time she went hiking, that's all she talked about. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh yeah. my god. But she's okay. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. it kind of being able to get outdoor kind of takes her mind off a lot of those things. Yeah. Um, she still talks about her potatoes in the farm that got covered in ash. <laughs> yeah. I wonder though, I, I, I wonder if like five years from now she'll be having such robust uh harvests <laughs> because of this new fresh coating that they got, as much as it was yeah. destructive well, and awful at the time. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know if anyone farming at the moment because there was a lot of ash on the land. Yeah. But I'm sure they will start very soon. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm uh, wishing wishing all of you the best. And I, you know, I mm-hmm. I think you should set up a little GoFundMe so we can buy your mom some new goats when it's time. So because 
I would, I would contribute to that because I'm like, you can't keep a woman from her goats. That's just, tall. Yeah. that's awful. Yeah. Uh, all right. I would see persons like from my community online and they're like taking pictures of the area. And I'm like, can you see if you see my mom goats out there? <laughs> like it's been like a goat now. <laughs> Next time she gets goats, we're going to buy them those low jack, uh, those uh, collars with the trackers so that it will chip them so that she can find them next time. Yeah. Oh, it's man. become like a joke now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as long as she's taking it in good stride and not, you know, just getting more and more angry at you for, for making fun of her. Then. No, 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 no. She's, she's taking it in good stride because she, she laughs when I say it all the time now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. So well, Ava, okay. anyone who hears this, it's anywhere near the tri-state area is going to want to come <laughs> hiking with you now. So I guess, first off, do you, do you let like tone deaf white people come with you on your hikes with you if they want to come? And then second of all, how can anyone who wants to hike with you get in touch with you so our hiking group is open to everyone we do not discriminate we're on facebook as tri-state hikers we're on instagram as tri-state hikers with an s at the end mm-hmm. and you can reach us at tri-state hikers at gmail.com uh, our hiking group is free we don't charge um, anyone who's willing to donate can do so via paypal at tristatehikers at gmail.com. All the donation goes towards our kids program where we take the kids out every season, um, 15 kids max per season. And for our adult backpacking trip where we help to provide gear, um, rental gear for our um, per, uh, for persons who are participating. Mm-hmm. And um, also to help with um, transportation for anyone who cannot afford it, but wants to hike, we do try to help whenever we can. Um, yeah. Sometimes we need to rent a van if we need to go to like places like the Catskills. Um, getting that far is not accessible by public transportation because we do day hikes. So we do rent a minivan to get out. So um, anyone who's willing to, um, welcome to join us. You're amazing. Like the fact that you're doing all this and it's like free, it's just like bonkers. It's amazing. You're amazing. Six days. Yeah. I don't think I'll be able to charge because it would, it it would be a whole different feeling about it. Yeah. Might be that full. (laughs) Still like, that's just amazing. You're still making time for it and you've been doing it for so long and you just do such a great job. So I just huge respect. I think anyone who's listening to this, send those people a gear forward, a nasty email and tell them that they have yeah. to give her and more gear for her program. Gears. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Donate. Anyone who has free gears, um, I'm willing to, to take donation for gears. Anyone who has extra gears, especially winter gears for kids, please contact us. Yes. We need to take some Brooklyn out. Yeah. <laughs> because yes. they love it they really enjoy it some of them is their first time and they've never had that experience before and they they love it they have a great time like the stories are just i crack up every time with these kids like they've never seen a deer before and they go like here goes a monster like you know <laughs> it's, it's yeah the pictures from your fall hike were were amazing too it looked like you had like you totally nailed like peak foliage you had a great day you had a really nice crew it just I was like that looks like so much fun I'm always showing my girls I'm like see it is fun other kids find this fun what is wrong with you (laughs) 
Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we started off on the bat foot because we were told we cannot park in the parking lot where we park all the time with the kids. And, you know, but it, it turned out to be a great day. Ay, ay, ay. Yeah. Was it just because there were so many people there or was somebody just being um, a jerk? Well, we're, I think so. Someone's being a jerk because we always, that was our third year going to Bay Mountain. And I really wanted to get on my, my um, Instagram and just blast it. Yeah. But I, I felt like, you know what? It wouldn't do justice to the experience the kids had. Let's just, you know, leave yeah. it as is. But we were told to move from one parking lot to the next parking lot. When we get to the next parking lot, we were told to go across the street. And we were like, this is a van of kids. Yeah. This is a van of 15 kids. You want them to cross the street at Bear Mountain. And the parking lot they're sending to us is where they have their vehicles at. Hmm. You know, I felt like, you know, everyone said it was racist, but I was like, no, it's just someone being a jerk today. Somebody That's all it is. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whatever it was, it was not not cool. Yeah. Yeah. But we, we had a great time. We just took it. We just went and parked where they said to park. And I was like, let's just go and have a great day. Yeah. And, and you're a bigger woman than a lot of people. I think a lot of people would have just, yeah, taken to it. Yeah. And you could still do that. You have plenty. You have plenty. There's no, no uh... I think the conversation <laughs> would just turn into something totally yeah. different. I had went on Facebook or Instagram with it because I felt like venting. But I feel like if I did, it would just raise a whole new a different conversation yeah you don't need to draw more trolls out from underneath the rock because god knows too many of them are out playing around right now anyway yeah because there there's some experiences that we've had where i felt like gosh you know people should know about these jerks out here but then i'm like you know i don't want to have start a conversation that i can't finish Mm. so and sometimes you you just don't want to go down that road especially on the internet because people take it to a whole different level and it becomes a whole different conversation with just one person being a jerk Mm. it turns out to the world being such a terrible place so yeah yeah i love you you're you're amazing because 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 like you know what people stop sucking sucky people stop sucking please do us a favor i must tell you of one experience that i had i must tell you so a couple of my husband i i think it was like six of us we went to Cold Spring, which is like right there upstate, get off the metro and you walk to the trailhead. And it was, I think, six of us, one Asian lady. She was at the front and we all at the back. So it, it was not uh, like a trail. It was like an open path. So there was one hiker walking towards us, a white hiker guy. And so I, he was hesitating. So I felt I was like, oh, let's go to the side because we felt like you know, maybe we're too much into the um, walkway, the walk path. And then we move to the side. Everyone moved literally to the side. And he walks past the Haitian lady because she's not paying attention. And then he runs past us. <laughs> oh my he God. It's all like someone was chasing him. <laughs> and we all stand there like in shock. We're, I would have been tempted to turn around and start chasing him and start like no. yelling some sort of obnoxious thing just to scare him because like come on really like we all stand there and was like in total shock and didn't know like you know like that experience where you get like how do you react like yeah. after you're like how was I supposed to react that was just like it's like what do you think he was became, gonna get cooties or something my god it became a joke after because <laughs> we were like what just happened <laughs> 
he took his hat off his head he covered his face and he ran past us and when he got past us he stand up and start walking it was oh, just like interesting. maybe he was like a total covid freak or something maybe he saw your mom's goats and was trying to get them <laughs> It's just unbelievable. It like, is unbelievable. You know, and, and some of the girls, um, one of my hikers was like, you know what? I'm going to put this on social media. And I was like, no, don't. Because then this will start a whole different uh, conversation about yeah. race. But he's just ignorant because yeah. why are you running from us? What are we doing? We're standing on the side of the road. Standing on the side of a trail. So he yeah. can pass. Right. And he takes off literally sprinting past us. Like, yeah. <laughs> what did he think you were gonna do oh i don't know God. Like, I, I can't believe it like i said it to when when i was on the hike last week i told one of the girls because we were talking about weird stuff that people do when they see us hiking because a lot of people stare at us because we're black and, and black people don't hike in the winter yeah like <laughs> people think that except they do <laughs> so yeah. they, they were yeah they were staring at us and one guy where where we were he actually moved. So I said, oh, don't pay attention to him. I've had people run from me. And so I started telling him, they were like, I would have chased him down. I was like, no, just sometimes you just got to let people be. Because oh this God. guy, literally, he was where we were waiting for the train. And because we came, he he walked away and went somewhere else. I was like, Ugh. no, I've had work experiences. Don't worry about it. It's just, you know. Yeah. You probably want to be alone right now. <laughs> so I started telling them the story and they were like, I would chase him down. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it you became wanna... like a joke now. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that is like, just, yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I wish I, I wish I knew what was going on in some people's brains. So I don't um, know. Anyway. No, you probably go crazy because everyone's pets stuff going on in their heads that we don't understand yes that is very true yeah you you have a very good empathy because most of us are like that guy's crazy and you're like well you know whatever he had something going on we're just gonna talk (laughs) about it later on (laughs) i always say i always say and i always believe is how you react you know yeah it's always about the way you react to everything no matter how someone behaves what's more important is how you react to that that's what matters most yeah Ava, you're the best. Huge respect. I'm, I, uh, my daughter, my older daughter wants to come to New York for her birthday in April. So if we get down there, oh. I'm going to look you up and you're going to mm-hmm. take me to Prospect Park. For sure. crying out loud. We're sure. going to walk around and you're going to show her that women do like to hike sometimes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much for making the time today. You're welcome. Okay, I cannot let this one end without saying that, holy crap, how can anyone not think white privilege is a thing? The times that people have treated me badly or acted wacky for no good reason on a trail or at a trailhead have been very few and far between. The fact that these ladies can spend a whole hike comparing those kinds of stories is just mind-boggling. And it's mind-boggling because I just don't get treated that way. And that, my friends, is privilege. Anyway, huge thanks to Ava for soldiering on despite the bad behavior she's been subjected to. I have such huge respect for the community she's building with tri-state hikers, the stigmas she's fighting against, and all the amazing good she's doing in the world. And I'm super excited to bring you a little surprise follow-up to this one. Stay tuned over the next few weeks to hear a little bit more.
In the meantime, I hope you'll follow Tri-State Hikers on Facebook and Instagram. And I really hope that after the holiday chaos subsides, when you start planning and organizing for your 2022 trips and adventures, you'll clean out your gear closet and dig out all those things you've used a few times, but not lately, that have plenty of life in them and send them Ava's way, along with a big fat check to help her get more kids outside hiking this winter. And on that same note, you think I was kidding, but I wasn't. Let's get some grassroots encouragement going with Gear Forward, or if you know of any other gear exchange or donation programs in your area that might be looking for a worthy recipient, make sure to put them in touch with Ava. Contact tristatehikers at gmail.com to arrange donations, or you can PayPal Ava and her Tri-State Hikers team using that same email. But now all this Tri-State Hikers talk has me hankering for a nice long walk, so I'll leave you with a simple request. Keep getting a little wild, but not if it means running away from random harmless Caribbean ladies you meet in the woods.